Welcome to this special edition Echo Sport podcast, which focuses on our Echo Women's in Sport annual awards night, which was held recently in the Metropole Hotel. And what a great night it was as we honoured 12 of the best female sports stars, not just in Cork or Ireland, but further afield in some cases. Hello, my name is John McHale and I'm the sports editor of The Echo and I'm delighted to be joined by two of our judges, Eamon Murphy and Rory Noonan, as we look back on our gala awards night where we honoured our Hall of Fame inductee for 2024, our Special Achievement Award winner, and of course, our overall Echo Women in Sport Supreme Award winner for 2023. Now in its 17th year, this award scheme has become one of the most sought-after awards in women's sport. Over the years, some of Ireland's best female sporting stars have won this. We have had Olympic champions, world champions, European champions, and of course, champions of Ireland in various different sporting codes. Some of the previous winners have gone on to play for their country in World Cups, create history in their own sporting code, and now we are delighted to have honoured some of the most recognised names in Irish sporting history. Denise O'Sullivan, Christina Desmond, Jessica Scannell, Tanita Pospore, Saoirse Noonan, Breach Cockery, Rena Buckley, and of course, not forgetting our defending champion, Amy O'Connor. These winners really are the royalty of Irish women's sport and last year 2023 was another great year for those awards and with 12 more worthy winners chosen. Before we talk and tell you about our winners, it's only fair that we spend the next few minutes going through our 12 monthly winners and explaining to you why our judges have chosen them. Rory, we begin with you as we look back this 2023 year just past and tell you about our January winner. Thanks, John. Well, our January winner is Munster rugby star Dervla Nikavard. Dervla played a starring role for Munster in their 2023 Vodafone Women's Interprovincial Championship success and was chosen as the Echo Women's Sport Award winner because of this in January. The Munster rugby star helped her side to back-to-back championships, a fabulous achievement in itself, and along the way she picked up two Player of the Match awards in three of Munster's fixtures. Just shows you the standard of player that she is. And also... As, as we may or may not know, but she was also a former soccer player with Wilton, so talented in two sports. Very good. And Eamon, moving on, we start with February. In February, our award winner was Saoirse McCarthy, very well known as a Corsi Rovers and Cork Camogie star. But she was chosen for February because she captained MTU to Purcell Cup success. Not alone was she the captain, she picked up the Player of the Match award in the final and she was an absolute standout player in that victory. It was an exceptional season all around for her because, of course, as the season concluded, she was one of the best players on the pitch when Cork won the All-Ireland when they defeated Waterford. And she's been a standout year after year after year for Corsi Rovers, another player who's capable in many, many codes, but has developed into one of the top Camogie players in the country. Agreed there. And Rory, look back on March. March winner was Claire O'Sullivan. The address UCC Glanmire secured another Women's Super League title, but not without the incredible performance of Claire O'Sullivan. She initially jetted off to Ohio State in 2008 after securing a four-year scholarship from the American College, but returned home to Ireland after one year in the US. After settling in at Glanmire and overcoming the challenges of COVID and becoming a parent, she came good when the team needed her most, winning Player of the Month for February and following up with more top performances, ensuring their title success at the latter stages of the season. Absolutely a fantastic player. And in case you're worried about the name, it's actually Claire Rockall was her maiden name and that's how she's known throughout the basketball world. So congratulations, Claire. Eamon, over to you for April. 
Our April award winner was Maria Domani. She picked up not one, not two, not three, not four, but five medals at the World Transplant Games in Perth, which was an absolute sensational achievement. A very, very worthy winner and a standout candidate for April. She came home with two gold medals, two silver and a bronze, uh, picking up the goals in the 800 metres and the shot put. Uh, she had to go through a bone marrow transplant at 18 and to combat acute leukaemia, uh, which obviously would have ended sport for any other person. But Maureen wasn't deterred. She battled back and has now fulfilled her dreams of international success, an inspirational figure. Absolutely inspirational indeed. And it's one of the beauties of this award is that all sporting covered, all sporting codes are covered by us here at the, in the Echo and on Echo Live.ie. Rory, you might turn your attention to Maine. Who was our main winner? Our main winner was ladies footballer Dirna O'Sullivan. And I suppose you could spend the next two or three hours just talking about Dirna alone, what she has done for Cork over that time and her club, Morn Abbey. But for a May award, she won that for scoring an impressive 11 points in the Munster final against Kerry. Dern's top performance helped Cork earn the Cork ladies football team their second title in a row. And a game that they were not expected to win. Everyone fancied the Kerry to win that game. And in fairness to Dern, her performance, and she led by example all through that match, was how she um, Cork came out on top. And anyone who scores 11 points in any game is an impressive tally and was a worthy winner that month. A regular on these awards, that's Duran. Eamon, your turn with June. Into June and we switch to swimming. Isabel Kidney is one of the rising stars of the sport in Cork. And thanks to Mary Hockney, who covers the swimming scene for us on a weekly basis in the Echo. She does great work promoting swimming and she put the focus on Isabel. And she was fairly easy to, to vote as the number, number one for that particular month. Uh, she represented Sunday's Well Swimming Club and broke three monster records on the one weekend. Uh, she's established herself as the number one junior female breaststroker in the Munster region. She set the junior records at 50 and 100 metres and her time of 32.57 over 50 metres was also a Munster senior record for good measure. She's still a teenager and she's a huge future ahead of her. You mentioned Mary Hockney there, our regular swimming columnist, and it'd be remiss of us not to wish her well in a speedy recovery. Mary has been under the weather and we hope to see you back covering swimming galas again soon for us, Mary. Rory, moving on to Julia. Our July winner was Sophie O'Sullivan and I suppose some hint about the pedigree of this young lady would probably come with her second name. Sophie's brilliant victory at the European Under-23 Championships over the 1500 metres distance in Finland saw her win the Echo Women's Sport Award for July. Daughter of Sonia O'Sullivan, the pedigree is there when you hear those. Sophie's performance was the first ever win by an Irish athlete at this level and at 21 she's only just starting to make history and I've no doubt she's going to make many more records along the way. I, I would imagine with that pedigree O'Sullivan certainly a name to watch out for in 2024 and beyond Eamon August who do we honour? Well it's another name that's very recognisable I suppose across women's sport for what she's done over the last the last decade Amy O'Connor Cork's Camogie star uh, was an absolute outstanding candidate for August Cork were well overdue in All-Ireland and when they won it it was in some style Amy managed to nab 3-7 in that game, which is one of the greatest performances by any Cork player in any code on an All-Ireland stage. Absolutely magnificent. She was our pick for last year's overall winner, and she followed up with a display just as good this year. Uh, the fact she, they came out after halftime and Amy nabbed three goals in five minutes absolutely put Waterford on the back foot. There was no recovery for Waterford after that. It was one of the, I suppose, most dominant displays any Cork team has produced in Croke Park. Um, Amy has, I suppose, done it time and time again for her club for her division Shandoon which is why she got to Captain Cork last year and on the biggest stage of all and it was the first O'Duffy Cup win since 2018 so it was particularly special for Cork Camogie fans Agreed and uh, as it's taken for granted what a great player Amy is Rory a special person as well Absolutely you, you couldn't actually meet a nicer a more humble person and I suppose like 
what a lot of people know, but maybe not all that are listening today, is that fact Amy could have been a professional soccer player. She was that good at soccer underage, right up to under-19 for Ireland. And when you see the team that went to play in the World Cup there, she could have just easily been on that team. But she went with Camogie because she just loves the game of Camogie so much and gave up the opportunity of becoming a professional soccer player. So an unbelievable person and so humble. And so just so willing to give her time to young people all over Cork. She's an amazing young And very person. loyal to St. Vincent's Art Club loyal, as well. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And as you have the floor, already, September, who do we honour in September? Our September winners were Roars, Margaret Kremen and Aoife Casey. The duo achieved the Echo Women's Sport Award for September as a result of their performance in the World Rowing Championships, securing victory in the B final to manage qualification for the Olympics in Paris this summer. Margaret and Aoife have achieved this award before and have also qualified for the Olympics before when doing so for Tokyo 2020. So they are keeping up their good record of qualifying for the Olympics and hopefully um, we will see them on the winner's podium come the summer. Yes, indeed. We wish them well in the Olympics in Paris in June. And aiming on to well, October? On to October, I'm back on Camogie again. I've had, had all the Camogie winners as we're going through it. Sarsfield's Claire Mullins uh, received the award. She was the star performer as Sars won the county. They beat Amy O'Connor and Shandoon, who were the holders in the final, and she hit 1-2. But it wasn't just her performance in the final. She also scored 1-1 in the semi-final and had been a leader for the team throughout the championship. They hit the ground running at the start of the championship with the likes of Clare in absolutely lethal form. And they actually lived up to the hype. Often when a team is trying to get their hands on a trophy, they'll find that they might peak a bit too soon in the season. But that wasn't the case with Sars. They were unlucky afterwards not to go on and reach an All-Ireland final. And Clare was in top form all the way through and was a very, very worthy winner and represented our whole club in that. I suppose it made it a good few weeks for Sars too, winning the double, the men's and the, and, and the women's. So it was a nice few weeks for Sars there too when, when, when they won that uh, Camogie Championship. Absolutely. And, and again, mentioning Sars, again, it shows the quality of person and club official down there when the flooding happened last year, how the whole club sacrificed their pitch rallied and around. their set up, rallied around the whole community. Oh, so yeah. a great club and a great award for well they, they saved an awful lot of people's houses and we all saw the damage that happened during that flooding to the houses around the place from from middleton upwards to glanmire all that area and by what they did they saved an awful lot of people's houses being destroyed that time so fair play to the club it was a huge thing to do and a fair play to them for doing it congratulations to claire and sarsfields rory november our november winner was linda desmond from Rayland Boxing Club, Linda was awarded the November Award for her historic achievement in becoming the first woman to win both senior and elite national boxing titles in the same season. Linda from Mill Street has spent the past 10 years working towards her goal and is a natural athlete and was also competes in camogie, ladies football and rugby. So yet another all-round star that is now doing absolutely fabulous in the world of boxing. And finally, and last but not least, December. And in December, I suppose sometimes it's, it's a quiet time of year, but it certainly wasn't a quiet time of year for the Glanmire ladies footballers. Uh, Orla Roach was our choice after Glanmire went on to follow up on their Overdue Cork success, they had been pipped in a few finals and had, had been struggling to make the breakthrough there at intermediate level. They won that, swept to the Munster title and then delivered an outstanding display in Croke Park. Orla was the standout because she hit 2-1, all the three scores from play. She got the first goal inside two minutes in Croke Park to put Glamour on the front foot. Also won a penalty that, that was converted to stretch their lead. And then the third goal effectively finished the game, put them 3-7 to 1-3 up. Again, it's the dream stuff you dream of as a young player growing up, getting up to Croke Park, representing your club. Whatever about your county, it's even harder to do with your club and winning an All-Ireland title. And it was fantastic for Glamour after so many disappointments over a few years. They obviously had a sprinkling of dual players as well who were involved with SARS. So as you, you said, it just capped off an unbelievable few months for that whole area, despite the, the adversity they had and signed off. They went off for Christmas pretty happy. And I think they'll be very competitive when they go up to senior now this year. Oh, absolutely. And I suppose you, you mentioned Glamour, their, their aiming and, and all this achievement. And, it, you know, in the lead up to that final, because of the flooding, 
they had no pitch to train on. They were relying on people out of their own cork, and it shows the spirit, I suppose, of the GA and, and people like people were offering them pitches to train on from Bishopstown to MTU to Aaron Zone and other people all around the area help when they had pitches available. So it just shows like there was a great spirit in the GA, and, and a lot of people rode in behind them when they needed it, and it led to their success then of, of winning the All Ireland. And before we move on, Eamon and Rory, just just this list just blows you away year in, year out. The calibre of female athletes we have in Cork is just phenomenal, isn't it? And they are trendsetters, they're role models, they're winners. It's it's an incredible... And there's a great spread. I mean, we did have three Camogie winners that'll happen from time to time. Obviously, the way it fell that, that MTU won a title earlier in the year and obviously then Cork won the All-Ireland. Dan Sars made the breakthrough and Camogie breakthrough, followed up, having had a few years since they won their last one w- with a young team. But in general, there's a good spread of sports represented. There's, you know, you're going from national level, international level, you know, obviously winning a Cork Camogie title is difficult. Performing the world stage is even more impressive. Uh, and there was a great mix as always. And there has been every single year, we're into our 17th year, there has been never been a dip in quality. Obviously, some years you'll have absolute standout winners who you know may have achieved Olympic glory or, or you know have gone on to win in world races but it's always very very competitive across all the different months and we have a nice spread and it's never straightforward when the judges are in there there's always fierce debates over who will win the overall award yeah, I think I mean, summed it up there when you said that there's always a debate who's going to win the overall award And but that goes back to as, as you said there John the, the talent that's available in Cork the calibre of the people that we have had every year and for 17 years, just shows that, you know, it's getting better and better for women in sport and around Cork and what they are doing, what they're achieving locally, nationally and internationally. They're really raising the bar year on year and which makes these awards such a great thing to be involved in. Well, don't min- mention the winner's name just yet. We leave our listeners mull over the, the previous 12 monthly winners and we see can they come up with a choice that matches ours in a few minutes. But what an incredible night it was last Thursday in the Metropolitan. Firstly, can I thank Aaron Lansworth and the staff in the hotel for their incredible hospitality and the venue was fantastic on the night for us. And while we were there to honour our monthly winners, we were also there to listen to the inspirational words of our guest of honour and our keynote speaker, Joanne O'Riordan. She gave an amazing speech to the athletes, their parents, family and friends who were, witnessed, who were with us on the night. Eamon and Rory, before we play Joanne's speech, your thoughts? Joanne is an incredible individual, isn't she? Yeah, she, she's an inspirational figure. I suppose she's familiar to many, uh, you know, both from her profile and, and, you know, she's been on the Late Late Show and she has a good profile nationally, but also just as an absolute hardcore sports fan. You know, the first time I ever met Joanne, I think it was kind of around the time Conor Coon at the end of the Conor Coon era shall we say kind of around 2011-2012 she was a huge supporter of that Cork football team and um, meeting her you know on the way back from Croke Park after great wins and, and you know in 2012 the year we should, we should have added another All-Ireland title that particular season but a huge I suppose supporter of sport women's sport and men's sport just passionate for sport doesn't make a difference to her she's had incredible adversity and you know she she is you know it's a cliche to say she's an inspirational figure but she is but she's also got a great personality great crack you know and just loves Cork so we can't argue with that anyone who does that thumbs up in my book Dick, Dick Eamon's right right there like one of the key things that I always enjoy about Joanne is her sense of humour you know and I remember being at a function with her a couple of years ago and uh, we won't name the, the referee who it was but it was a referee was an MC and he had refereed a match for her local GA club a uh, few weeks previous and she wasn't too happy about one of her toes decisions and she was well able to get into her speech that night um, her, well, her toss and on, on, on the MC on the night and his refereeing ability so she's a great sense of humour and an, as, as Eamon said they're an inspirational inspirational figure to all well, as the lad said it was a great speech have a listen here yeah thanks very much um, for the invite here to speak uh, in front of you all here today um, I'm sure everyone's expecting some cool young American, you know, hip stud to be in front of you. So 
here I am, I guess. Um, but either way, I'm still incredibly grateful to be here. Um, I suppose every year I'm incredibly amazed at how many activities and outlets there are, you know, for women and young people even all over our country. Um, I can remember specifically when I was younger, there was no such thing as women in sport. Um, I remember we all had to follow Sean Ovalpine, you know, and uh, Jodine and all the likes, whereas instead we also had heroes, you know, like Bree Sack, Valerie Mulcahy. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's just incredible to see how far everything has gone, you know, to this day. Um, I can remember when I was in school, our year was incredibly mixed. I remember we had a sports mad group, uh, we had music lovers, and we had like lost sheep or whatever in between. Um, I can remember I was part of the sports lovers, um, although it was forever embedded into my brain um, that I couldn't kick a ball, run with the rest of my peers, um, or score a decisive winner in a big game. But I suppose to me, that did not matter. Um, you see, I knew what I was actually good at. And I knew that although my role in life wasn't the nifty corner forward that I had in my brain, um, I had a list of things I wanted to be when I grew up. I knew I'd other assets like my voice. When I was around 10 years old, uh, my parents took me to a sports day for kids with disabilities. Um, and I've said in the past um, how I hate the word disability and what it implies. Um, but I can remember this is a day that I'll never forget. Um, I put on a Man United jersey. I'm not even a Man United fan, so I don't even know why. Um, and I told my parents I was going to be the next limbless Ronaldinho as if someone was coming up behind me to, you know, take that spot. Um, my brothers uh, would literally take me outside and kick footballs at my head until I was borderline concussed. I was really good in goals. So I knew that I had a competitive edge above the rest. Uh, I should clarify, my brother's nickname was uh, Drought because he was a forward. So that'll show you how talented <laughs> he is. Um, and as my other brother used to tell him, if you can score against Joanne, you've really no hope in the world. Um, but I suppose what I didn't realize was that I actually had a completely different attitude to everyone else. I was the only person there who didn't view myself as disabled. And my parents and my siblings were, were the only ones who were egging me on and making me more determined. Um, I'm sure a lot of you remember uh, Roy Heen and Saipan, but I remember my aggression, desire, and will to win that day probably made Roy Keane look like Mother Teresa. Um, eventually, I gave up. Scratch that, I was sent off. Um, because I told a paralyzed kid in goals he was useless. I mean, I still don't understand that team selection myself. Um, <laughs> um, but I remember leaving there and thinking to forget about it. I never even wanted to play anyways, and instead I was going to be a sports journalist. So while my sporting career was short-lived compared to everyone here and a complete and utter disaster, um, I went on and campaigned successfully for disability rights, spoke at the United Nations, have a documentary made about my life which has been seen by over 15 million people worldwide. And I suppose when I look at my listed achievements and everything that I have enjoyed doing and done so far today, I've realized that the very reason that I was kicked off um, that powered chair at soccer team is the exact same reason that I've gone on to do things that I have done today. For me, it was a sheer desire to never stop, a relentlessness to change things until they were perfect, and the same attitude to do it myself um, when I felt that others wouldn't pull their weight. As some of you may be aware, for the past seven years, I've been covering women in sport with the Irish Times and have seen it grow exponentially. I can remember originally when I got the job, my editor told me that I was going to be under Sonia O'Sullivan, which I think is the place for everybody because Sonia O'Sullivan is literally the second coming of Jesus Christ, I guess. Um, but my job was to write what I wanted to call hype pieces um, or probably in the journalism world, these were probably known as fluff pieces. Um, these effectively were pieces um, that were supposed to have a feel-good factor once read. An article or an interview designed to capture the heartstrings and for the reader to go, ah, isn't she great? And then hope the reader decides to turn up to whatever sporting event that I was advertising that particular week. 
Thankfully, times have changed a lot since that. A lot of people actually have, are citing the Wasserman report that's been released in the last year that says that coverage of women's sport has grown from 54% to 15%. But the report actually says that actually, funnily enough, that the actual statistic is that women's sport receives only 35 to 5.5% of coverage um, in our traditional media, so TV, newspapers, etc. And it fails to include things like digital media and streaming. If you want to actually include those, women's sports has received 10% of coverage in 2018, which is now up to 15% in 2023. Interesting, interestingly enough, women's sports coverage has been linear and has basically kind of stayed stuck in a weird way. You know, from just under 5% to just over 5% in the space of four or five years. Uh, but everything else has fortunately been on the rise. I suppose the key takeaways that I've learned from reading all those reports um, is that linear and traditional styles of broadcasting and media, funnily enough, don't really seem to be the answer to create um, engagement for everyone, which is why it's really cool for the likes of the Echo, for example, a local newspaper, to generate most of their interest online um, and through their podcasts and everything that they do so far. Obviously, we're understanding that games need to be on TV and need to be on the newspaper in front of us. But the standard of broadcasting as well, I've noticed, hasn't necessarily changed. If you think about the FIFA Men's World Cup versus the Women's World Cup, um, you will see a total difference. We saw every single move from Kylian Mbappe and Lidl Messi, and although games were on at Australia and New Zealand time, not functional for European viewers, uh, but it was no excuse for a broadcaster to shove the game onto the player because they were on at 3 a.m. Funnily enough, talking to friends of mine who were insomniacs or even diehard Neighbours fans, uh, they said they wouldn't have minded the change in viewing at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and if you think of most of our kind of national print media, the Women's World Cup mostly was on the front and back page when Ireland were playing. Imagine if we just decided to ignore a Kylian Mbappe or Lidl Messi simply because Ireland weren't playing up against them. Everyone is inspired by the aforementioned players, but same people can also be inspired by Aitana Bonmati, Alexa Pateas, Beth Mead, or even Katie McCabe or our own Denise O'Sullivan. It basically hasn't budged even as women's sports has actually exploded in its popularity. But if that's all the coverage that they ever get, women's sport will stay stuck exactly where they are. Digital media has been and will be the real driver of growth. Viewership numbers get all the play, but what's building the women's sports audience is the day-in, day-out world of digital media and online platforms. Not the occasional blowout event, you know, that we see with the Women's World Cup, the Olympics and All-Ireland, so on and so forth. And according even to the Wasserman report, female athletes actually drive twice the engagement online of their female counterparts. Half of Gen Z uses social media while watching live events and Gen Z and millennial fans have increased interest in highlights, documentaries, and even how we tell our stories through social media when live sporting events are on. I suppose we know the fundamental issues that exist within women's sport, a lack of investment and a lack of media coverage. But for me, we're not looking at the biggest issue, which is the marketing that exists not only within media, but also within the respective bodies. Think of how many times you open the newspaper, or turn on the TV, and try to think of the coverage um, that women in sport actually get. Nine times out of 10, I can guarantee you, and I know this because my editor tells me, um, that the coverage women's sports is probably a controversy. A strike, no pitches, no boots, no expenses, all incredibly important, don't get me wrong, but it should not be the main story. The problem, in my opinion, is that women's sport at the moment is kind of treated like a charity. The mindset is so embedded into us that we don't even notice that we're actually doing it. Imagine if we turn to our fellow match day patrons um, and comment on the game at a men's match, that was actually a good game. And you don't hear, for example, when you go to a men's football match, um, that you hear the likes of David Clifford and Shawnee O'Shea really need the support, guys, so please turn up. Um, 
I suppose this is the thing that actually exists within women in sport. You go to a game and you probably turn to someone and say, Jesus, that was a great game of football now. We should probably turn up to the next game. And then you forget about it and move on with your life. When the women's national team made the World Cup, we had to think of all the future young girls who can now emulate their heroes. I'm certainly not young anymore. I'm 27. Um, but I got as much of a thrill watching the girls in green take on the best. For me, this type of mentality implies that Keith McCabe, all our award winners here, are simply doing what they're doing just to inspire future generations, rather than actually competing to win and being incredible at their sport. If I want to get inspiration to do better in my life, I'm supposed to look at women in sport. But if I want to get entertainment, I watch the men, which doesn't make any sense at all. Have you seen men's football these days, lads? It's atrocious. <laughs> women's sports needs to be talked about like, like it's exciting, like it's fun, it's dramatic, because in truth, that's what sports actually are. It's about rivalries, it's about clutch plays, the euphoric losses, the heart, uh, euphoric wins, heartbreaking losses, the tackles, the physicality, the skill, and most importantly, it's about hype. It's not about guilt. I remember Xavi Hernandez used to always say that people would plague him for Lionel Messi jerseys. Now, whenever he meets people who watch football in Spain, they all beg him for Alexia Puteas' jersey. This happened because Barcelona saw that the women's team are also part of the identity of Barcelona. When you watch the Femini play, you're not watching women, you're just simply watching a Barcelona game. And the reason you keep tuning in is because you want to watch Barcelona play Barcelona football. The other side of the coin, since I'm now training to be a solicitor, is looking at how legislation can help the growth of women's sports. In my opinion, uh, media, fans, and general coverage should mainly focus on the hype and not the guilt in front of their eyes. As legislators, we need to look at how legislation and laws are passed that could help get more women and girls involved. Recently, the government announced uh, uh, a capital grant system where no one will get uh, facility funding unless the men and women have similar access to their club. Hi! My, <laughs> my niece does the same thing. She's like, shut up, Joanne. Like, you're so boring. <laughs> I recently was told I'm old, so I'm actually still suffering the after effects of that. It's because I didn't know a TikTok dance. Like, I mean, how am I supposed to know these things? <laughs> um, as a legal head, um, I see words like similar access, and I wonder, like the rest of you, what does that actually mean? Legal people, for example, don't like vague statements and sentences, and where there are vague terms, you can always guarantee there's a solicitor who will find a loophole. So in terms of legislation, for me, I think a piece of statute and something that I will work towards in my legal career is fighting to something similar in America, which is Title IX. Title IX requires all institutions in the US who do education to reward male and female athletes equally. Along with that, it also ensures the prevention of discrimination when it comes to accessing sports facilities, training centers, equipment, and other support uh, provided to sport programs. In 1972, when this was enacted, nobody dreamed that a dry 37-word clause tucked inside education legislation would make such a profound impact. Prior to the law being passed, 1% of athletes in education facilities, so that's primary school, creche, all the way up to college, simply was just 1% of them were women. Since Title IX, this has leaped to more than 40% of athletes now being women in the education system. But none of this information of activism should rest on the shoulders of our amazing athletes who are in this room. This activism should be up to fans, relatives, media, legislators, and anyone who isn't dedicated, who hasn't dedicated most of their week to their sport. I remember writing about women's sports and thought that we were ahead of the curve, curve in 2017. My editor and I both saw and tried to help fuel the growth in women's sports. This year, we should not be wasting any more time convincing people on women's sport. Instead, it's time to start owning this space 
and cement ourselves as the people who tie it all together. This is the year that women's sports forget about everyone who doesn't believe in it, and we just get on our own hype train and drive on and continue to grow the game for everyone who deserves it to be. So for all our athletes here, I can only leave you with what I want to call drunk girl in a toilet advice. Um, my friend tells me you can't say those things publicly. Um, I've read the law. Nothing tells me I can't say that. <laughs> so stop living for others and live for yourself. Life is short, so don't waste time on trying to gain others' validation. Live more in the moment. Take a second to, to just breathe and forget about yesterday or tomorrow. Stop wishing that your life could be different. The right things and the right people will come at the right time. Be grateful for the little things in life. Take responsibility for your life and stop blaming other people and other things for your own downfalls. Be the kindest person that you can be, not only to others, but more importantly to yourself. Take care of yourself, rest when you need to, drink some water um, and put on, put on those skincare face masks, man. They're so good for you. Don't, don't drive yourself into a burnout. Don't wait for the perfect time to do that thing. Don't wait for yourself to become confident or the new year or that spark of inspiration. Start now because there is no perfect time. Treat every day as a new beginning. You can start over whenever it is you feel you need to. And do your best, even if you're not where you want to be right now. Keep going because hard work will always pay off. I could not be happier for all of you and the incredible work that was put into this event today. You cannot lose the hope and ambition that brought you here. You have before you a wealth of knowledge, information, ideas, and opportunities. But most importantly, you have each other to help you to create the community you want and deserve, the clubs you want and deserve, and the country you want and deserve. And always remember, you live for an average of over 80 years, but if you leave people something to remember you by, you shall live forever. So thanks very much for inviting me to this event today. I really do appreciate it. Congratulations to all the winners. They're the ones who deserve the round of applause, not me. I just stand up and talk a lot of nonsense. Um, but I really appreciate it, and best of luck to all the winners, and uh, best of luck in your futures. So thanks very much. And what incredible stuff. I'm sure if you were with us on the night, the hairs in the back of your neck would have been raised by Joanne's speech. Thank you, Joanne. But also... We mustn't forget we were there for business. The business was to honour three people in particular, our Hall of Fame of inductee, our Special Achievement Award winner, and our Supreme winner for 23. Rory, we'll start with you, our Hall of Fame inductee for 2023. Who was it? Who was it? And why did we, the judges, after a lot of debate, end up with this lady? I suppose it's like all these decisions every year. It takes a bit of thinking about, a bit of thought goes into it. And there's so many candidates out there across all sports that could be the winner. I could spend the next three hours talking about our winner of the Hall of Fame inductee, Marion Crowley from St. Val's and who's now current chairperson of Cork Ladies Football is our Hall of Fame inductee this year. She has been involved with her club, St. Val's, for more years than probably she cares to remember at this stage. And involved from everything from literally doing the washing fundraising to being an officer of the club uh, secretary treasurer and other roles within the club over the years from there then she went on to the mid cork board and again the same has given huge huge years of service to the mid cork board in various roles and then from treasurer again secretary but also getting involved in teams out there and she would be a selector with the teams out there as well and was um, involved in everything to do with the Mid-Cork for a long time. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people would say that, you know, without her being involved in Mid-Cork that time, they may have been in a bit of trouble. But in fairness to her, she kept it going when they were looking, struggling a little bit for officers. Of course, naturally, when you're that good, Cork soon comes calling. And she got involved in Cork as a selector, underage teams first and other teams. 
before she then became an officer within Cork. She has held numerous roles um, within Cork as an officer, currently the chairperson, as I said. She's also the Cork delegate to the Munster Council and the National Council of the LGFA, so she's quite regularly travelling up and down the, the country for meetings, etc. She will often see her, and you will often see her, and I often do, standing at the gate, you know, as people are arriving into a venue, handing out programmes, taking the money, and then she will be there presenting the trophy at the end of the match. Her involvement is just right across the board. And I suppose one thing, when she did start out with Vals in particular, that I remember um, her husband telling me one time, Michael, saying to me that the neighbours actually knocked on the door and were wondering were they, were they opening a laundry and could they drop them stuff such was the amount of jerseys and stuff that used to be on the line in the house the glamour job the glamour job of it, yeah. but she, she did so much of washing of jerseys and everything for the club she thought nothing of bringing home three or four sets so when the neighbours actually inquiring were they opening a laundry could she hand in some stuff to them so Marion is a worthy winner of her Hall of Fame inductee yeah I think we all agree on that and it was the reaction on the night was fantastic to see Next up was our Special Achievement Award winner, and I'll talk about this special young 17-year-old student from Cork. In previous year, this award had generally gone to a person who had gone way above and beyond in some sporting capacity to do something for charity or a worthy cause. For example, in the past, we had honoured people who had run 10 marathons in a week for charity, swam the channel, and so on and so forth. But this year, this person's achievement made us move away from that type of winner. Our winner is just 17, a fifth-year student at Christ the King Secondary School, and what a year she's had. The reason this person wasn't considered, as, as we remember, as, as, as a monthly winner was simple. We weren't aware of some of her achievements and being part of what we would call not the mainstream sport. Sometimes we don't know everything that's going on. But throughout the year, one of our reporters, Karen Doherty, did a feature with her coach, Martin Horgan. And he brought her attention to us and that of the Siam, Siam Warriors Club. Once we knew what she had achieved, we met with the judges and the judges felt that we need to honour this young lady in some certain way. So we decided to give her the Echo Special Achievement Award and here's why. In 2023, she won the Irish ISKA kickboxing title, the British ISKA kickboxing title. She became the international under 18 European WBC champion and incredibly, she added three world titles to this role of honour. Two of those world titles came in Muay boxing and the third in kickboxing at the WBC World Festival in Venice. And one title came at the ISKA World Kickboxing Championships in Germany. Finally, at the end of the year, she was named the WMO Irish Fighter of 2023. What an incredible young lady. And she is our special achievement winner. Congratulations to Aideen. And again, to see her family, club and coach there on the night the way they reacted to her surprise announcement was fantastic for us all to see. Finally, Eamon, before we finish up, our supreme overall winner, the difficult decision the judges had, and we were in that debate, and it was hot and heavy for two or three candidates that could have gone out, but there has to be one winner, and who do we choose as the supreme winner for 2023? Well, in the end, we sticking, I suppose, with the theme, following on from Aideen Mullins, we went for just in the end we went for Linda Desmond for her boxing achievements and um, she follows up on Christina Desmond no relation who had previously won that award uh, on two occasions it was very tight call there was actually four or five of the monthly winners we kind of shortlisted it from 12 down to five and and we were knocking around various different reasons why Amy O'Connor came very close obviously to retaining her crown we had rowers who qualified for the Olympics and uh, there was outstanding achievements across the board I think with Linda it was the fact that she won the two national the elite and the national title in the same season for the first time so it made it a historic achievement it we reflected as well probably on the work she put in to get to this level Rory had mentioned she was a multi-sport athlete growing up showing the value of 
you know, not focusing on one sport too young in her teens. She played a bit of everything. Um, and when she dedicated herself to boxing, she's put a, the hard yards in and got her reward. Um, boxing in Cork has been on the rise, John, for the last few years. The work that has gone in by the Cork County Board and those who support it and drive it, uh, Mick O'Brien and, and various other people, that would be too many of them to mention. They have done incredible work. They've put boxing back in the spotlight. Cork boxing has great history, great tradition, and Linda is keeping up that tradition. She's a top-class athlete, and also she's in her early 20s. There's a great future ahead of her as well. That's what's exciting about it. Yeah, I agree. And Rory, you know, honourable mention, we, we, you could pick out two or three that went so close and on another day. Oh, Sarah McCarthy, Amy O'Connor. Oh, the, 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 the list goes on of who you could have picked. I mean, and again, that goes back to the calibre of, of, of winners every month, you know. But, you know, obviously... We went for Linda and she was a, a worthy winner. Don't know, no two ways about it. exactly for what Eamon said there a while ago. You know, and I mean, to win those two titles in, a, in one year is a huge, huge achievement. So, you know, I know that there's a big, bright future there for Linda in boxing, but we could have easily gone for three or four other people. So it always leads to good debate, which is great, and, and that you do get that debate before a winner is picked. And here's hoping for more debate in 2024 as we continue our award scheme. And I can announce that Lauren Homan of the Brunel Basketball Club was our January winner for an incredible cup final performance where she hit 26 points and led Brunel to their first senior national cup title. So another year down, year 18 of these wars that we just mentioned are back up and running. We're hoping for another great year from a female sporting perspective. As I said, what an incredible reaction we got to Joanne's speech on the night. And it was just typical of the great night that it was. So many sports people in the one room celebrating a great year for women's sport and finally remember you can find us on echolive.ie or wherever you get your podcasts for the special echo women in sport version of our weekly podcast but don't forget our weekly tuesday ga podcast where amy murphy and guests dennis hurley and barry omani bring you all the news reports reaction and analysis from the world of cork ga not to be missed every tuesday if you want to know the ins and outs of cork ga remember Find us on echolive.ie or wherever you get your podcasts.